Hi, hello, and welcome again to the Agile Coffee Podcast. This is episode 59, and I'm your host, Vic Bonacci. You can find me on Twitter at Agile Coffee. So, dear friends and listeners, it's been a little while since I put one of these out. Seems to be a habit this year, doesn't it? <laughs> but as Agilists, we know that we value responding to change over following a plan. The plan for me this year was to do a lot of things, but the change happened when I decided to buy a house. We haven't bought it yet. We haven't found which house yet, but we did make an offer. It'll be the first time ever that I will be a homeowner <laughs> at the ripe old age of 50. That's right. It's been a big year for me. So things kind of have been taking me away from doing some of the things that I wanted to do. Some of the things such as getting this podcast out earlier. My good friend Kim Brainerd and I sat down to do this podcast back in April. And I warned her it might be a few weeks. Uh, she wasn't probably expecting that it'd be eight weeks later. Good things come to those who wait, right? And this is a really great episode. Kim and I talk about things from training from the back of the room to graduation speeches to, you know, what are, what are our goals and how do we respond to goals as individuals? How do we respond to goals and set goals for ourselves for continuing growth and, and education throughout our lives and careers? So um, episode 59 is coming up in just a couple minutes, but I want to share a few other updates with you. First of all, the Agile Alliance's annual Big Bash, Agile 2018, this year is in San Diego in August. So I have a presentation, a workshop that I'll be doing there. It's called What's in Your Toolkit? And it's all about heuristics. So if you're a follower of mine or you know any of the card decks that I've been putting out, this is the yellow deck of cards that I'm basing this talk on, this workshop on. It's going to be interactive. Um, the yellow deck is called the Agile Coaches Toolkit. And like many of you, I've got um, a library, if you will, kind of a toolkit, I'm calling it, of heuristics, whatever it might be, that help me as a coach uh, communicate Agile values and principles to my clients so that we could, as a group, better um, quicker and more effectively um, adopt a lot of the Agile values and uh, become more productive and have a better time in the workplace, all of that. So I'm going to be um, sharing what I have in my toolkit and asking members of the workshop to share what other additions they have put to their toolkit, as well as how do we use these? Uh, what are they good for? So that's coming up at Agile 2018 in San Diego. Now, I'm very excited because the two days preceding Agile 2018, I will be leading a uh, two-day training from the back of the room class. So that's also in San Diego. We're going to be at Marina Village. Um, many people who come to San Diego are familiar with Marina Village. It's a beautiful location, great outdoor spaces. We'll be inside, but we'll have indoor-outdoor activities over the two days. Training from the back of the room, uh, Sharon Bowman's, she's got the book on it. She's got other books on brain-based learning. Uh, if you're into training or teaching or presenting or coaching, whatever it is, you, um, you learn so many skills and so many fundamentals from uh, Sharon's exciting workbook and, uh, and, and content that she's put together over the years. Um, TBRCal.com is my website where you can find more about um, the training from the back of the room class that I'm doing in August, August 4th and 5th, right before Agile 2018. 
I've also got a second date, uh, September 15th and 16th in Irvine, California. We just got uh, the space at UCI's Division of Continuing Education right there on the UCI campus in Irvine. September 15th and 16th are the two days directly after Agile Open Southern California uh, which is celebrating its 10th anniversary. So it's a busy year, a busy bunch of things going on. Um, but you can go to tbrcal.com to find out more information on both of my classes, um, both happening this summer. Uh, they're filling up fast. TBR Cal in, in San Diego is, uh, I think we've got about 11, 12 or 11 seats left. Um, so if you're coming out for Agile 2018 and you haven't done the TBR class yet, you know, go there, sign up, come out a couple days early. You'll really feel good heading into um, into 2018, Agile 2018, um, with these fundamentals under your belt. And especially if you're presenting there, you know, this is just a supercharge to get you thinking about how can I make my presentation just pop? How can I make it extra special? Um, real quick, Paul Winia is going to be coming up on episode 60 of the Agile Coffee podcast. Uh, I spent a day with him also back in March or April, and we did Lego Serious Play, um, quite a few of us. So in the uh, in the recording that we do, we talk about LSP, we talk about Agile Fluency Game, something else that Paul is uh, is a part of, and, and we go over um, a lot of really good topics related to Agile as well. So Agile Coffee Podcast Episode 60 should be coming out in a couple of weeks. Speaking of the Agile Fluency game, gosh, I've seen this, you know, Agile Fluency we've known for a few years, but the game itself has, has really, I've seen it around a lot lately. Uh, when I went up to Agile Open Northwest in February, and then we did Agile Open San Diego, it was in both of those places. Diana Larson was leading some um, some really great sessions on that. Paul Winia was there. Paul did a, a session for us in Orange County uh, a few weeks ago. Um, and now Steve Holier is coming to present an Agile Fluency game running workshop in the two days directly after Agile 2018. So also in San Diego on Friday afternoon and Saturday, most of the day Saturday, that's uh, August 10th and 11th, um, is the Agile Fluency game running workshop. Highly recommend it. I'll be there as well. And that's... Um, <clears throat> if you want any more information on that, uh, you're going to have to go to agilecoffee.com slash episode 59. I'll put all the information that Steve has for us there on that website so you can find out more. So that's quite a lot, right? We've got um, just a quick rundown. You've got Agile 2018. You've got the TBR Cal event right before that. Go to tbrcal.com. You can find out about um, the September session in, in Irvine. You can find out about the 10th anniversary Agile Open SoCal that, uh, that I'm working on volunteering at. You can find out about the Agile Fluency game, the game running workshop, by going to agilecoffee.com slash episode 59. If you want to see this heuristics card deck that I've got, you can go to agilecoachingcards.com. You can see all this stuff. Go to the website. All the information's there. And now, without further ado, I really want to give a heartfelt welcome uh, because she's been so patient. Uh, we recorded this a while ago, but but my good friend Kim Brainerd here is coming up on episode 59. So I invite all of you to uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of, of fun, friendship, and mirth with my good friend, Kim Brainerd. Coffee. Coffee. 
So here we are with episode 59 of the Agile Coffee podcast, and I am pleased to have my friend Kim Brainerd. Hey there, Kim. Hey, Vic. So what have you been up to? It's been a while since you and I did the did the Scrum Gathering. Uh, it's actually coming up on a year since we did the Scrum Gathering in San Diego. Have you been uh, very active? or? I have. I've been really busy since uh, one year ago. I left San Diego, which was a phenomenal Scrum Gathering. I had such a great time and always great getting to know new connections and meeting new friends. And I've been traveling the world, and I was actually also in Dublin at the Scrum Gathering in Ireland in November. So that was a lot of fun. I also have been doing a lot of training, training actually all over the U.S., and I've done some training overseas as well. That's been awesome. So I've been doing IC Agile courses. I've been doing training from the back of the room. I've been doing non-certified Scrum Master courses as well as advanced facilitation. So I've been really busy with training and then also doing some private coaching gigs as well. And speaking, I'm actually speaking at George Washington University. Hey, that's fantastic. Good for you. What are you speaking on there? I am actually doing a talk for the college and talking to the graduating seniors. I'm more or less going to be talking more of like a motivational speaking. And it's about one of the biggest challenges I've had with my own self actually in this past year is about having a timeline and that there's this fixed timeline that the world places on us, Mm -hmm. but really our timeline is what we set. And it's actually taken me to the age of 40 to truly understand that it's it's really my timeline, no one else's. Mm. And so I would have loved for someone in college to have told me that and inspired me about my, creating my own timeline. So that's what I'm going to talk about at GW. That's a great topic. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I've been speaking on and off, but mostly at the Agile Opens. Um, in episode 58, listeners can go back and hear that I was... Uh, Let's just say I had I had a few topics uh, between the two Agile Opens that I went to in February, um, and then I went out and and, and did it somewhere else too. Is uh, from Sharon Bowman's um, the six trumps, which are the six uh, lessons from brain based learning that trump traditional teaching. So I did uh, about an hour long presentation up in Seattle, um, twice in Irvine, once in San Diego. I had a lot a lot of fun with you when we did the private course training from the course when you came out to Virginia with me. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, and invaluable stuff. That was fun. Yeah, that was, that was that was a fun time. Um, listeners already know, but I've plugged it, and uh, I can plug it for you as well. Um, I've got I've got two courses coming up. One is in August, right before the week of the Saturday and Sunday, right before Agile 2018 in San Diego. So I think it's August 4th and 5th. And then I've got um, a Saturday and Sunday in mid-September, I think it's the 13th, 14th. Don't quote me on that, but it's right after the Agile Open uh, Southern California here in Irvine, California. How about you? Are you teaching uh, any public classes coming up? I am. I'm doing a training from the back of the room in Indianapolis, Indiana, Mm -hmm. uh, which is backed up to Agile Indy, and that's May 9th and May 10th. And then I'm also going to be local to my area, May 15th and 16th, uh, doing training from the back of the room in the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. area. And then one thing that I've been doing is working with IC Agile, and I have an advanced facilitation. So it's it's great to take training from the back of the room, but then it's 
how can I be advance my skill set? And one thing that I love about this course is we always have that face to face and we value face to face interaction. But the, the the reality is is we're going virtual, mm-hmm. whether we like it or not. And so we need to help facilitators with a virtual space. And so the the uh, IC Agile Advanced Facilitation takes the facilitation to a new level and helping facilitators work within the virtual space that they're given. Hey, that's far out. That's great. Yeah, um, it is. So I'm doing those as well, and uh, I can send you my link that, for those dates. Yeah, and, and how long are those? Are those one day, two day, three day? I'm act- They're only two-day courses. So most oh. of the ATF, the uh, Agile Team Facilitation uh, trainers for ICD Agile do it in three days. Mm. And I was able to build a two-day class. So hmm. there, it's a jam-packed two days of learning, but it's only two days versus the three days because, you know, it's hard to get off three days and it's hard to even focus three days. So we are, we're jamming for two days, but we have a two-day class. So who is, um, who's your audience? Who's been, who's been coming to these um, advanced facilitation classes then? Do you have people in, in scrum so roles? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Perfect for Scrum Masters. So this is a great course for Scrum Masters, coaches, anyone that's actually presenting uh, even virtual space, whether you're working remotely and you have distributed teams. So it's great for management. Um, I just did a private course for a, uh, a group that a group of managers and which is which is awesome because they can they get together and there's a lot of team building with with your leadership. And they see the importance for their scrum masters and their teams to have that same type of interaction and where the disconnects can be and how hard it truly is to be a facilitator. So it's a, it's a great class, and you're probably wondering, like, how can you truly um, offer virtual training when you're actually face-to-face? Yeah, and that, was so exact my, that was my exact question because yeah. you're doing this face-to-face. I'm, you're bringing people in. But how do you, like, you don't have anyone who's virtual taking the class, but what are the tools then that you use? <laughs> that you have to come to the class for, because it, it, it <laughs> took me a little bit of time to put that together. Um, so I, I do have some it, little tips and tricks that I did to say, okay, how can I create space and have the learners feel that there's something in between them? even though they're sitting right next to one another. And so we have some pretty cool games and activities that we do. And then they have deliveries. They actually have to present at the end of the course where they deliver training or presentation in the way that they would. It's why did they come to that course? What is their goal? And so if they're a virtual trainer or virtual coach or virtual scrum master, the idea is at the end of it, they deliver in that type of space. So it's pretty cool how it w- works out. It, it definitely is a, it's a lot of fun. It's engaging and it's, it, it'll give you that aha moment. Hmm. Yeah. I definitely want to drill down into this and, and learn more from you on, on this advanced facilitation class through IC Agile, but let's, let's back up and, and talk more about um, training from the back of the room. Cause that's something that you and I went through, I think together with, um, with Sharon at her class in Orlando in 2016. So it's been about two years since we did that. 
and and you've been, I think, teaching more classes than anyone I see. Uh, when you go to Sharon's website, bowperson.com, there's a page that has all the trainings that are upcoming, and uh, and your name pops up on it all the time. I just, I really love teaching the course. It's it's honestly offering someone a gift. Uh, Sharon provided the gift to us, and I, I went head over heels. I mean, it was love at first, Sharon. I swear, mm-hmm. it was really love at first, Sharon. Love at first, training from the back of the room, and it's it's a craft. It really is a craft. In fact, I had a student recently reach out to me, and she said, "You know, hey, I really want to attend your course, but." I need to leave for the airport. I have a flight at 420 or something like that. And I said, you know, honestly, I wouldn't feel right. I can't take your money because I truly believe that the ending of this course, you have to be there for the full two days. It's not, you know, even leaving two hours ahead of time, you just miss so much because you have, there's a delivery at the end, just like with advanced facilitation you're presenting the material at the end and you're bringing it all together. And so it's just from the start to the finish of training from the back of the room, Sharon really designed this course to, to take you on a journey. And it, it's a craft of how she designed this and it's step by step. And if you, if you miss, you know, going down the path of her journey that she takes you on, you miss an opportunity to, yeah, can I not talk this morning? An opportunity to learn. And so I actually had to tell the woman, I said, you know, please find me someday when you can attend the whole thing. But I cannot, you know, take your money and have you attend the course unless you can be there the full time. Yeah. So I just wanted to be an experience with with people. And like just like I said, when you and I did the course together, we had such a blast. And you, you see their faces, the learners and their faces. Um it's it's about them growing together and they're seeing this shift in their minds where it doesn't have to be that death by PowerPoint and mm-hmm. how you apply the certain the trumps mm-hmm. where even just having people fill something in like a, a worksheet. It's not elementary. It's just how our brains want to learn. We have a desire. Yeah. So listeners of the Agile Coffee podcast know that we are part of the Agile Podcast Network, and in that network is also Agile for Humans. Ryan Ripley uh, puts together an amazing podcast, um, really good stuff. So I encourage you to give it a listen. But not too long ago, Ryan sat down and interviewed Kim. So you guys were together, and I, I listened to that podcast, I think it was two full times now, Um Really great stuff. So so here on this podcast, I'm not going to ask those same questions. Like, I'm not going to get into the four C's or any of that right now. But um, but what I will encourage listeners to do is go back, find the episode from, and I'll put it in the show notes. I'll put a link. But find that episode with Kim on Ryan's Agile for Humans podcast. And Kim, just to kind of double up on what you were saying, how everyone learns differently and the class is so unexpected. Um, I've sat in on, I, obviously you and I took the class with Sharon, uh, once together. And then I sat in on another, uh, part portion of the class that, that Sharon did. And then when you and I did the one in Virginia, it was a private class. Um, you know, your energy was just so much different from, from what, what Sharon has. And, and she's got a great energy, but, 
but yeah, you, you teach differently. And then I noticed when I'm teaching that I teach differently too. So not only do we all learn differently, but we all teach differently. And I just had an amazing time watching you do it. Um, it's, it's all the same learning objectives, whether you do it or I teach it or, or Sharon teaches it. Um, you're going to get the same material. However, it's just the um, kind of the, the fun that comes out in different ways and the way that uh, we explain things and practice things with our groups in, in different ways uh, that just makes it so much so entertaining and so lively. And I, I love that you appreciate everyone has a different training style because I think, and you know, you and I have talked about this. I'm not for everyone. I sometimes have such high energy levels and that's not for everyone. So it does take me a lot to bring it down as well. And it, it's interesting how we both work together. So you, I love pairing with you. I, I think we just, you know, work so well off of one another and, and, you you help bring me down and and to times when I need it. Um, so it, it is every it's the same learning objectives, but just su- such different styles of trainers, and it's awesome. Yeah, and I think anyone who who was at SG Cal uh, the Scrum Gathering in San Diego and saw us up there can attest to that. We we do, <laughs> especially if you were working on it with us, we do bring um, a lot of complimentary. Um, characteristics to to our game, you and I. So yeah, that was really fun. It was. I know a lot of people in in specific uh, roles have been reaching out to to Sharon, and Sharon, I think, started TBR training from the back of the room. She started that with the intent on working with teachers and educators, and it was only right. kind of by accident that that people from the agile community started. Uh, reaching out and taking her classes, and then if you go to see people who are doing, um, who are teaching, say for example the CSM, and you know Scrum Alliance has their certifications, Scrum.org has theirs, but but whatever it might be, if you as a listener out there, if you are taking a a Scrum class, whether it's through Scrum Alliance or or someone else, um, you're probably seeing a lot of the um, the the things that are taught in training from the back of the room. Uh, come up. So I guess, Kim, I was going to ask you if you've been seeing a certain type of person in your audience. Like, is it all teachers? Is it all people in Scrum and Agile? Is is there a mix? Are there people from other areas as well? It's interesting that you ask that. I have had a growing amount of private courses that I'm now doing for leadership. Mm, great. These individuals are not necessarily Agilists. They're obviously not teachers either. They're not your coaches. Uh, however, um, hold that thought. Mm-hmm. They're not your scrum masters. They're actually your executives as well as, I would even say, more senior level managers. And I cannot, I'm actually really surprised. And I would actually say the feedback I receive is that it has changed them as a leader. Hmm. And they said, this is an amazing leadership course. And I'm like, really? I said, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I said, you know, a lot of times, like you said, Sharon ha- designed this for teachers. And then the Agilist came in and said, oh, this is great for coaches and scrum masters. But now leadership is actually seeing this as a value to them and how they can actually kind of let go and actually appreciate brain-based 
management. So it, it's truly a gift that they're actually now working in their own organization. So I've done a lot of private courses for executives and leaders. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, it's not that I wouldn't have expected that, but to hear you say it right off the bat that, that you have leaders coming, um, that's very heartening. That sounds great. I haven't noticed that yet in my classes, although my classes are just getting off the ground. But uh, but it's been a blast in the sessions that I do, the smaller one-off sessions. I had one group that was all business analysts, and I was surprised because they reached out to me and said, you know, one or two of them saw me present this somewhere else, and they said, can you come teach this to, to our group of BAs? And I thought, yeah, sure, that sounds good. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking um, – you know, is this the most applicable thing that they could be studying, you know, from me? And the feedback was tremendous and the participation was great. And, you know, they were laughing and they were really getting into it. And I thought, wow, this is this is something I did not expect um, to have BAs who typically you think, you know, they, they do a lot of research. They might not present necessarily so much in the organization, but they're a regular member of the team. They have to communicate just like everyone else. And they loved it. So leadership, that sounds nice. like that sounds like a great thing to get um, to get to like senior management um, again, because they are now, you know, crafting a message, sharing their vision. And they're trying to find better and more engaging ways to share that vision with with everyone who uh, who works with them. That's great, Kim. Yeah, thank you. In fact, one one rewarding thing was that the leadership one one private course, the leadership group went back to their organization and shared, <clears throat> excuse me, their experiences with the executives at an even higher level. I think they said even two, two grades higher. And these are your presidents and of the company. And mm. they, uh, they said, Oh my gosh, they, they have to take this. And so I'm actually scheduled to do another course with them uh, at the two grades higher. So just really, blown away that they really value the principles and training from the back of the room. And you said you're still actively coaching as well. So are you coaching with any of your, your clients? Is there any kind of an overlap? People who take the class are yeah, also absolutely. in your coaching? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So um, one of the things that we like to do is ensure that we're not just um, going in full-time coaching because we really want them to sustain. There's a sustainability. I mean, a coach is there, but they shouldn't always be there, in, in my personal, humble opinion. Yeah. Um, I want to ensure that they can self-sustain. I don't want them to have to, you know, need me all the time, although it's nice to be there and have a paycheck, of course. But an ideal win is when they can sustain on their, on their own. And so I, I have a model that I go in and do some coaching and and then I leave and then come back and we kind of do some workshop exercises. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So that reminds you, are you Yeah, that reminds me of my model um quite a bit. And and again, we're not as coaches or even scrum masters, our job is not to stay with the team full time. It's to give them what they need to uh to grow, to learn, to become self sufficient, to become sustaining, and then work yourself out of a job. So so I have worked myself out of many a job as a scrum master or a coach. And going back to the model that you said, yeah, I've got something very similar that I do with clients now. What I will, um, although right now I'm in a, in a full-time job, but internally I'll work with uh, different teams and different, different groups inside the organization. 
I always start off with some kind of an assessment and observation, um, and then we make a plan together. And then we, um, and then when I start implementing the plan, what I'll do is I'll approach, you know, two, three, four people, depends on the size of the group I'm working with. And maybe these people have been recommended by, you know, their bosses or someone to work with me. But, but once I get these three or four people identified, I will coach them more, um, kind of with more detail and more rigor than I will the teams. Um, that's not to say that I don't coach teams. Uh, what I do is I tend to give kind of training to the teams, but coaching to the individuals. And then um, I'll implement my pair coaching curriculum or model, and and I'll do the same thing where I'll I'll model how to do the the coaching. I'll do some training along with that to the individuals, and then I'll step back and I'll let them do it, and then we'll work on coaching uh, throughout um, the engagement. And then I'll go away for a week or two weeks, or depends on the client and, and what it's set up to do. But then when I come back, I'll come and um, start kind of fine-tuning and, and tweaking, um, maybe give an advanced class or two, and then then move on to another group. Yep, Exactly. And it does work. People like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think people do respond to it because if I were to sit with them all the time, like nine hours a day, five days a week, they would grow very tired of it very quickly. <laughs> and so would I. But when, when we work on what the goal is and I give them a little bit of training and, and tell them where they could learn more on their own, and then I, I might model things, um, I might... Um, you know, then I'll, I'll go away for a little while. And when I come back, see how they've responded to their own self-learning. Um, and then we'll, we'll have a debrief and see if there's next steps, if there's something else they want to work on with me. Um, but yeah, it's really fun. Really, it's a lot of fun to see that growth and that development come about, especially when you, you aren't around and you come back and you see, hey, look at what you guys have done. That's great. So let me ask you this, Vic. Sure. What is your goal? I've actually had a goal conversation yesterday. Hmm. If you had to pick one goal, what is the goal for for Vic for 2018? Great question. Um, you know, I've got kind of a few different goals going on, uh, parallel tracks, like personal, career-wise, family-wise, things like that. Um, so for my career... I'm studying to become a CEC, which is a Scrum Alliance's Certified Enterprise Coach. Um, I've got that application. It's probably 70 or 80% done. I, I passed through part one, so uh, get the rest of that application completed. And uh, like I said, I'm probably like 70% done, maybe 80% done with the whole thing. That will allow me to um, just get that validation that I'm on the right track, that I'm doing the types of things that my peers, who are also enterprise coaches, uh, recognize as necessary and and uh, worthwhile and and um, useful, valuable, all of that. Um, but it also opens up to me kind of a new range of clientele, because as a CEC, um, I can then um, have that extra bit of of clout in my favor when I go and approach a new client, um, which is part of my longer term 2018 goal. And, and have that kind of coaching style um, built around being a CEC, um, potentially developing some Cal 1 classes, uh, working with leadership. That's something I think you and I have in common. 
Um, but also as a CEC, you are um, similar to, to what a CST does as a scrum trainer. Uh, a CEC, uh, in working with small groups um, for intensive uh, a duration that's intensive enough on scrum, I think it's 25 or 30 hours, um, you can you can recommend that they become uh, CSMs or CSPOs or or whatever the case may be, as, as long as I have those skills in which I do. So so that's exciting for me too, offering um, kind of more value to my clients going forward. Uh, first step is getting the CEC for me, and then um, if I can keep expanding on the 2018 goal here. I've got uh go for it man. Thank you. I've got a couple of uh talks that have been accepted for Agile 2018. So I'll be there talking about uh one of them is coaching heuristics in which I talk about my Agile coaches toolkit deck of cards. Um and and talking about why I developed it, how I use it, and then ask the participants, you know, what other tools or heuristics might they use as well as a coach. Um, that's one talk. And then the other talk uh, is called Build Your Own Think Tank. And that might be something that uh, that you and I have a lot in common about, too, is is that idea of reaching out to your community to build um, that that network of expert opinion. And they don't have to be experts, but like as I was learning how to be a scrum master and and how to be a coach and new to Agile and Scrum still – I reached out, I formed a meetup, and, and I was still new at it, but so were the other people who came to my meetup, and, and we all learned and, and grew together. So, so it's that type of thing. So whether it's a, an external um, group or something internal to a, an organization or even a department, how can we uh, leverage kind of the wisdom of crowds and uh, build something in our community that helps us, helps us grow? Um, so those two talks are in Very April. Cool. Thank you. And then, um, as you know, I've got the training from the back of the room going on. And that's helping kind of widen out my portfolio of, of things that I can uh, teach and share and present to, like you just said, leadership. Um, I'm looking at starting, and I haven't announced it yet, but my, my company that I would hope to start maybe this year, certainly early next year at the latest, is called Thrivency. So it's it's an agency that focuses on Thrive, helping people thrive in their workplace. So I'm trying to find other maybe non-agile, non-scrum types of classes um, that still offer enough skills to people to help them succeed, face challenges in their workplace, and and chart their own path and and have successes along the way. So it's it's more of a three-year plan. But I'm certainly working on it as um, something I think is is critical to uh, to future skills development in the workplace. That is really sounds like you have a lot going on, my friend. I'm excited for you. Um, I'll be speaking at Agile Indie in May and Agile Cincy in May as well. Then my friend Lonnie Weaver Johnson and I are presenting. Uh, a really exciting talk. Uh, it's about breaking barriers, and we're going to be uh, presenting that at Scrum Gathering in London um, in October. So I'm pretty excited about that. And yeah. I think right now our world needs that. It's about how are we breaking barriers, and we're going to have some really interesting conversations about individuals and interactions and what we've done to build barriers up and 
who's really on the shore and who's really off, or maybe we need to shift our language. Wow, that sounds exciting. That's great. And it, I know Lonnie, too. I know that the two of you will put together a really compelling and very engaging workshop. So good on you. And London. That's awesome. Yeah. You yes, know, I do love London. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny. Since we um, were co-chairs, I haven't, not intentionally, but I haven't submitted anything to um, the Scrum Alliance gatherings. So I'm not going to be in London, although that sounds that sounds terrific. What are the dates for London again? Approximately what month is it? So in? the dates for London is early October and mm. then Scrum Gathering is two weeks. So that's exciting. And you really should get out. I mean, if you're listening to this and you haven't been to a gathering or oh, a yeah. conference, mm. this is where Vic and I met. We met at a conference mm. and we established not just a peer working relationship, but we, I think, established a friendship that is going to continue for, for life. And yeah. like you said, we served as co-chairs for the Scrum Gathering in San Diego in 2017. And we continue to work together professionally as well as personally. I mean, you've been a dear friend and you've been there when I need you to to listen and, and, and vice versa. And so if you're listening and you've never attended a conference or even a meetup, get out there and, and network. It's truly all about meeting others and growing with others. I've learned so much from the relationships that I've built in the community. And I'd say I value that more than anything else. And so the gatherings are just, and it's so much fun and you learn so much. It's the knowledge that you gain in a matter of three days for scrum gathering is unbelievable. And, you, and then of course, Agile Alliance, they have theirs for five days also unbelievable so get on it register today for for one of your local conferences or one of the big conferences yeah i i cannot recommend that enough wholeheartedly and listeners to the show know that i'm i'm big on community as you are and and i try to encourage people to get out and go to these things so if you've never been to a conference or even a, a local meetup get out there and and find one and if there isn't one start one because it's the payback is so incredible um, whether you're interested yeah, in getting a, yeah, yeah. Reach out, reach out to either of us. Are you, um, on Twitter at agile brain at agile brain one. So agile brain one, agile brain one. Thank you for that. And, uh, I'm at agile coffee. So yeah, hit it, hit up either of us. Hey, back to the, um, kind of this entrepreneurial idea. So as you, you mentioned it and you let me kind of go on about my three-year plan, is there, is there anything that that you've got going on in, in your three-year plan that at this time you're, you want to talk about or you want to. I have, I have a lot of exciting things to do and going on and definitely I'd even <clears throat> say three years is, is, is not necessarily, is that really be agile planning mm. because wow, we can throw the dart out there to our, maybe our end state, but you know, obviously we, we have to keep in mind things are going to change. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. One thing I think that, is my big eye opener was we were so busy leading up to scrum gathering. And then it was, you know, speaking, I'd say I spoke a few times a month and then I was also doing a lot of training uh, classes as well as coaching. And I found myself, you know, whipping my own whip is really the best way to say it. And 
I think there's one thing that a lot of us do not say is that, oh, my gosh, let me take my failure out. Mm. And I have to say, before I share with you my, my next steps, I need to bow and say failure mm-hmm. because I, I've done that a lot. And I wouldn't be where I'm at today if I hadn't done that so much. But my, my first goal is to be more kind to myself. Because if I'm more kind to myself and allow myself the freedom to have that brain break, meaning to take a deep breath in, take the moment in, not rush from one thing to the next, I I, I just stop and smell the roses, literally. And I want to do that personally as well as professionally. So my first goal of, of 2018 is to stop and smell the roses and really experience life professionally as well as personally. So important. Knowing when to it really is. Yeah, knowing when to kind of hone in on what's just essential and, and what you need to let go so you can kind of take care of yourself. Yeah, and find the balance. Yep. Oh gosh. I I think as you know, in our community, we always want, want, want. We want it. We have a desire to help others. We have a desire to, um, you know, continue. We have a brand that we build, and it's a lot to keep up with. It's a full-time job just to keep up with your brand. And what I mean by saying that is such as your podcast, your cards that you do, myself as Agile Brain, and the coaching and the training. There's a lot that goes on behind that. And... Like I said, I failure bombed so badly in some of my relationships that were probably some of the most meaningful and powerful relationships where I learned so much from them and I wasn't the best person I could have been. So that's actually my foremost goal that I want to work on is be kind to myself so I can be kind to others. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. So, you know, you mentioned the the brand there too, and and before we get off that topic, I did want to mention that there's there's a lot of tools that you know we we can take advantage of, and I'm I'm sure you are, um, I certainly am, but um, anyone who has a website these days, and and they're easy to make, you know, get a WordPress website, um, you can find a host for dirt cheap, but then there's so many plugins that help us coordinate, you know, if we if we have training classes, you know, we can have a, an event schedule. Just plug it into your your website, and there it is. Um, Eventbrite makes things so easy. Um, I'm podcasting. I, I host it, and there's a little plug-in for the podcast um, on my WordPress site. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there are other things that I put time into, like making the cards or preparing a class or whatever it is. But, but once you have a brand, um, it really does require a lot of upkeep, as you said, but it's so, again, it, it's very rewarding because people can find you and they know what to expect from you. So if anyone out there is considering, you know, starting a brand as a coach, as a trainer, or just their own, you know, their own personal blog as their, for their journey through, um, through their career, um, I, I, again, highly recommend <laughs> just starting out. Um, in fact, uh, we went, Kim, I don't know if I told you this yet, but we bought... Um, uh, a new camera this weekend, and I have a microphone for it just for the camera and uh, a little lighting setup, very inexpensive, very simple lighting setup. But um, 
but I got that because my daughter, who's 11, started talking about, um, you know, one of her friends in school has their own YouTube channel. And I thought, I don't have a YouTube channel. Not that I necessarily need one or I'm about to go out and, and start one. But but she said, my daughter said that that she wanted to try making videos and putting them online. And I thought, okay, if we're going to do it, let's go ahead and, and spend a little bit of money, get a nicer camera so we're not just using our iPhone, although you certainly could. But now we could take that... Th- we could take all that um, that equipment and, with a little bit of know-how, start making videos for my daughter, uh, for my wife who does calligraphy, uh, and for myself and getting that out there. Because, um, you know, whether you have a brand or not, uh, more and more people these days watch videos. And so even if it's just, you know, you and your friend talking back and forth on video or, or making little jokes or whatever it might be, people want to want to hear more about you and want to see what it is that you're doing and they're happy to watch videos so that might be my next small little venture very cool i i've actually done a few things like that myself and then i play it back and i laugh at myself and i'm like oh my <laughs> gosh because I, I can't even take a selfie let alone see myself on camera and so I, I've, I've dabbled around with it my, as well, Vic. So I can't wait to see you do that. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Some of the videos that I've seen you put together, and, and I'm thinking specifically about the one video that you and I made for the uh, – <laughs> as we applied to become co-chairs. Um, I, you're, you're a natural for it. So, I mean, if we can get the Agile Brain uh, channel on YouTube going, that would be, that would be something to see. <laughs> it, that was a lot of fun. Um, no pressure. No maybe pressure. We'll, we'll maybe we'll post that video someday for for good uh, laughs. But uh, that was yeah. a lot of fun fun making that. So as we wrap up, um, I, I wanted to ask you one more um, one more question. You mentioned the um, the timeline and the talk that you're going to give. Did that come about from personal reasons on your end, or why why that topic to this group of group of uh, students? <sighs> Wow. Okay. So yes, it did. It it really came about personally. So that almost could be a, a whole new podcast in its own. So I'll give <laughs> you the short run of that one. I I am I'm I'm always out there and and kind of share some of my personal stories when I do talks. But I'm not married and I don't have children. I I would say I'm fairly successful. I have a pretty good career and you know, I'm happy and I have a, a lovely home and I have three puppies. And and one of the things in life that we always think about is that we're taught as children that, you know, at, at 18, we'll, we'll graduate and we'll go off to college. You know, and at 22 or 21, you'll graduate from college. And then either you get a job right away or you go get your master's. And then around 30, you, nowadays, I guess, you, you have, you know, get married and, and you have a family. And, you know, it probably at that age as well, you probably buy a home and that's it. That's, you know, life goes on and you go through those steps. And I found that through this journey and, and where, how I've gotten where I am today and, and working with, um, you know, I've been working towards my CST and doing a lot of training and it's a, it's been a three year journey and um, also working a full-time job and then um, doing 
my own business as well and doing my own trainings and coaching eventually. You know, I've really invested so much into my career, I've sometimes forgot about my own personal life, Mm. that it even existed. Yeah. And I've also still held myself to this, the universe's timeline. And what I mean by that is that timeline that you have to do this at 18, you have to do this at 30. And here I am, I on New Year's, I, I turned 40. So as people are making a New Year's resolution, at the stroke of midnight, I turned 40. And it was really eye-opening to me. And it was, you know, where do I really want to see myself? We teach people about goals. And one of the things about our goals is that... It, our New Year's resolutions, usually we're like, oh, well, I want to do this this year, this this year, this year, this year. And that's why I asked you on April 1st, going into quarter two, like the second yeah. quarter of the year, how are you doing with your goals? Because it's usually the word goals, uh, plural, mm-hmm. not your focus, not that actual focus <clears throat> on a goal. And so I want to ensure that those kids don't wake up at the age of 40 and have that what if that they just go and live their lives and understand that the timeline is theirs, not the universe's. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great. Lucky kids. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It, trust me, there's some upbeat stuff to it as well. There's. Mm-hmm. It's really about just moving forward and, and never giving up. I mean, uh, I even saw something actually going around on Facebook not too long ago, and I posted it to my timeline. And it was that um, a lot of people have not even started their careers until 40, until 50, until 48. Mm. And so life doesn't necessarily start at 18 and 20 and 30. Life begins when you decide that that's your moment. Mm. And you keep going with those moments. Wise words, Kim. So all of these, uh, any links or any resources that we mentioned uh, will be on the website, agilecoffee.com slash episode 59. And I want to thank you, Kim, for joining me here on, on Easter Sunday as we recorded this. Yes, absolutely. Happy Easter to all, and I wish everybody an awesome 2018. Right on. All right, then um, we will connect again soon. Uh, Best of luck, and we'll talk to you later. Thank you. Take care, Vic. And everyone else out there, until next time, enjoy your coffee with friends.